No Chance Radio, episode 105. We are back. It's your boy Ryan. And as always, I'm here with my lovely friends. Say what up, friends. Hello. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you think people by this point can uh, decipher the differences between who's Nate's voice and who's Priscilla's voice? Because I sure I don't hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Oh my god. I, we just came off of a really good uh conversation that um unfortunately Should has to go will not the, be released uh, to the public in the vault. <laughs> no. We recorded totally have to redo like, that. for at least a good half an hour. And I called that shit too. I was like, we're gonna get so sidetracked with this conversation that we're not even gonna that be able to get to the damn episode. That we should have been recording. Yeah, that I'm was a good hour. I'm like convinced Ryan, you guys, that we're gonna talk about this. I will release the one snippet of Nate talking about that very specific thing. Um, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> you will not. Well, welcome back, guys. Welcome back to the No Chance Radio Show. If you are a new listener, if you are an old listener, we welcome your uh, your attention i think i think it's so hard <laughs> I to hope. even get a fucking listen nowadays like but we appreciate you guys joining us for today's episode there's been a lot of good news as of lately which you guys will find out in a very short amount of time maybe within the next week or so uh, shout out to our very good friend i'm not going to i'm just going to say bg i'm not going to say his whole name <laughs> you 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 go ahead and decipher who you think we that on is on an initial basis initial now. basis shit run up <laughs> telephone basis now but um but man this 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 episode is is a little late for 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 very good reason um and let me say what that reason is before priscilla decides to put her input in why this actually happened it all came down to priscilla's tardiness now let me start oh hell no (laughs) no it was really due to to me and nate's negligence Mm -hmm. so we apologize and alcohol consumption that's typically the right. You better bleep that out. No, <laughs> it's gonna be like bleep consumption. <laughs> They'll never know. They'll never know. But yeah, I mean, we got a little sidetracked uh, celebrating. Yeah, let's call it a celebration. How about that? We call it a celebration. Celebration. Yeah, I don't know. That. Yeah, sure. Yeah. A lot of great things At have been happening PM. lately, so we'll just call it a celebration. Um, <laughs> but we'll be sure to be on time with the next one. How about that? <laughs> god no more excuses guys no more fucking excuses god i'm talking about y'all no i was i was like i was on time i was ready nate's just a bad influence he wants to dude okay you're literally the one who texted me like hey do you want to get a beer a beer does not turn into shots at the end of the night that's not that's not what we're trying to do yeah well i mean okay once you invite me to get one drink it's things you know, spiraled out of control yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right guys so long story, story of my short, life we were supposed to record friday night and then i get a text from ryan and nate saying they're both drunk and that was that that wasn't the first text that i sent though i literally just to reconfirm here we could record <laughs> and everyone's like yeah of course and then nate goes um i don't know i don't know if i'm gonna be able to be sober <laughs> enough to record that maybe that was a personal message to just me but at least we, we got totally it. Wait, why was I podcast. texting you? Wasn't I with you? No, you weren't with me. You were trying to persuade me like the devil you are to go drink. And I, oh, I just succumbed right. to the temptation. So yeah. here we are yeah. at 11 o'clock at night on a Sunday. Yeah. I went to go drink after we drank. And then I invited you to drink <laughs> some more after that. <laughs> a creature of habit, man. A creature of habit. <laughs> oh, Whatever. Yeah. 
I, I'm just glad that we were able to get on together for this one because uh, mm-hmm. this one's a fu- this one's gonna be a fun one because I was uh, I was watching an interview recently. Actually, I think more often than not, if I'm not doing anything, I'm either watching interviews or listening to podcasts. I don't know. I just it, it makes it makes me feel less lonely because there's like people oh my gosh that's so sad shut up (laughs) it has nothing to do with that you got to be a student of the game you got to be you know always doing your research but anyways i was watching this interview recently and um a really old interview actually because there's uh been a lot of news about um jay-z at the super bowl um and shit like that uh Mm -hmm. that's not really our type of podcast to talk about because we're not a fucking hip-hop podcast (laughs) but basically it was an old jay-z interview from the new york times and there was a really prominent line that stood out in the comment section you know you can like link back to like a particular timestamp and and everything like that Mm -hmm. and he basically said in the interview i forget who the, the the host of the interview was but he essentially said or asked the question would you rather be a trend or be Ralph Lauren? And it's not only is that a bar that should have been <laughs> in a song that he should have saved, but it got me thinking about the current, you know, the current stature of brands in 2020. I don't know how you can how a normal person would pull that type of <laughs> concept out of that one lyric, but I, I think there's this understanding that I think we can all agree on when it comes to brands of this of this current it's it's a new decade right it's 2020 the brands of the current decade that you are either creating a brand based off of what is true to you your passion which can oftentimes result in a very slow start or you're creating brands based off of whatever the current trend is which initially grants you immediate success and a amazing amount of money but is often short-lived right Mm -hmm. so this conversation that i want to have on this episode and starting from a and working our way to z is what makes a successful brand in 2020 nowadays it's very much different than how things used to be because they weren't considered brands they were considered like side projects right yeah but what do we think at least from starting from the very beginning, what's one of the first thing a successful brand needs to have or needs to at least be founded or grounded in? I think, well, I think it depends on what sort of like avenue of approach you want to look at it because, Mm. you know, like you said, there are different categories of what successful means to certain people. Mm. Like, you know, like we talked about before, financially successful doesn't always mean like artistically successful or successful in the way that we talk about brands being authentic and being good storytellers about who they are and what they're trying to represent. Um, it's my favorite brand to like sort of pick on, but like anti-social social club, like Nika's gonna catch you in the streets one day. He's gonna pull up on you. He's gonna like run over with his fucking McLaren. Slap the shit out of you. I mean, uh, okay. I mean, shout out to Nika though. On he, La Brea too. Yeah, like he, you know, he's he did his. Damn, I I use past tense because <laughs> this shit's a wrap. But I mean, he did his thing. Like he made his money, and he was like, "All right, cool." I don't think he necessarily cared about telling a story i just think he wanted to make something and he made a obviously a good profit off it and cool that was success to him but mm-hmm. 
Well, it's a know, good point that you make because um, Mike Sherman of Chinatown Market always talks about, you know, there's this, there's this huge debate that always goes on between like, you know, streetwear brands is like, who's going to be the brand that makes it into the mall, right? Like that's considered like the mm-hmm. graveyard of streetwear brands. It, mm-hmm. Even though it makes you uh, a, a crazy amount of money, it's also looked at as selling out, right? So he talks about like, what are you in this for? Is it to make money? Is it to uh, express yourself creatively uh, on a on a large scale? Is it to leave a a legacy? Like, what are you doing it for? And you make a good point in, in speaking about antisocial social club because that I always felt like that was the reason why it was started. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's very similar to um, that awkward phase when um like tie-dye pocket shirts were like a thing or like oh my goodness you know what i mean like that the printed shirts like those became those turned into actual brands at the time yeah um but is there anything else that stands out in terms of like how like when you go into creating a brand like how do you how do you even know when you're first starting it like nowadays like what what are people's object like? Where does the objective lie in starting a brand nowadays, anyway? I think everybody's intention when starting out a brand is to be successful in whatever you know that term means to you specifically as a creator. But I mean, for me personally, when we have this conversation about you know, like even just what we're doing, like people see us as a brand. So to me, like what it means for us to be successful, or what my vision of success is as a brand, is that. You know, we're here to, like, tell a story, obviously, something that we always Mm -hmm. talk about, and be authentic to who we are, like, our own personal histories, our own personal experiences, things like that. And I think that's what a lot of people are starting to gravitate more towards, because, you know, you still have those people, I mean, myself included, where I still, like, shit that may look cool, but maybe it's not the doesn't have the most substance Mm. you know Mm -hmm. i think we're all guilty or however you want to put it i think we're all guilty of that um but i don't know i think just to me for my personal work and our work success to me is you know it's has to have some sort of like substance behind it i totally agree with that i feel like nowadays like um a lot of streetwear companies are even starting to be more transparent with what they're doing um versus just slapping like a logo or something on a t-shirt or whatever and just calling it a day like more 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 just even more consumers are asking for for more like where is this t-shirt made is it made in the usa does is it good quality like who's getting paid who's making this like is it hand sewn is it you know like all that kind of stuff um is is definitely playing a part in I feel like streetwear nowadays. Yeah, I think vocalizing what you're rooted in is important, mm-hmm. and having a mission statement I think is the new logo nowadays. Like, if if you're not constantly trying to advocate for what you believe in as a brand, then you're you 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 never make it to the next echelon or the next level of where you or of where you could potentially be right because everyone mm-hmm. every brand is always trying to make a statement with 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 what they do it, it could be completely unrelated to clothing 
but they'll put an Instagram post on on why they have this belief or why they say fuck this particular industry or things like mm-hmm. that. Like I feel like the when the hundreds is first been established, I think that that's one of the one of the main things that they had focused on was was be basically being the voice of of the streets of of where they were from. Mm-hmm. And before it was the atom bomb logo, it was artwork that basically echoed the sentiments of how they felt. Mm-hmm. And I think with a lot of brands nowadays in terms of where they start or the foundation over they start, I mean, you see that a lot more and when you speak about transparency. It's not just about like how sustainable the clothes are, but also how opinion opinionated we are as a brand. And I think that mm-hmm. it, as a brand, when you're coming into this game or say like, hey, I, I want to start a brand. I think the most important thing or, or me personally, I think the most important thing is what do you have to say or, or, or what can you bring to this? And when I say this, I, I, what do you say? Like the culture, the the industry, the the world, you know, like what do you bring? How do you add um, anything to, 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 to this industry or to this world? And if you're not, then why you why even do it? Yeah, because I feel like the streetwear brands that has started off like with substance and then lost their substance mm-hmm. are like no longer relevant. That's very true. Like we like Nate just used like antisocial social for example. Like I don't know if he ever started off with a substance or not, but like we figured out there's no substance to it, and like look at it now. Do you think that brand ever had like because because of uh? of of the name do you think there was anything ever attached to it that was geared towards like mental health see i don't know if maybe that's why it got big like maybe people were like oh i feel like that too this is a brand for me or if that was just like a whole psychological thing that they felt like they were connected to but then we Mm. figured out like the like you know it's not really anything so that's true because the the whole like mental health like conversation didn't really spark until like the end or the beginning of like 2019 mm-hmm. and and um anti-social social club i was gonna i was trying to abbreviate it because that long, name is long as shit <laughs> um but yeah that they started like what was it like 20 i want to say 2014 2015 yeah it's been a few years yeah they've been around for a while so so for the most part i think like a brand like that obviously you can tell like what their what their objective is now right Mm -hmm. like they just let's just put out whatever designs uh let's continue to do whatever ridiculous collaborations and that that's what works for us Mm -hmm. i think but i think the objective for oh go ahead no i think that's a i think that's if, if your message if what you're doing confuses people and they're not very sure about who you are as a brand or what kind of point you're getting you're trying to get across even or even if you are trying to get a point across i think that's i think that's a sign of your brand not maybe not being the most successful in the long term you know Mm. because like Mm -hmm. priscilla p whatever however you want to go by (laughs) you just suddenly decided to you just suddenly decided to go by p in like the past (laughs) two weeks but Nate, you just never called me Pete. But, <laughs> but I think like if 
if your brand is confusing the consumer and an onlooker as to what your message is, who you are, then I think in the long term, that's that's not the most positive sign. That's not a good, you know, I don't see a very good outcome coming from that. Yeah, that brand, brand consistency or just being coherent to every one of your, I guess, consumers or your 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 audience i think that's really important but there's also different types of consumers or different members of that audience so yeah. for someone like anti-social social club you're gonna have the kid that just sees uh, at the time kanye west wearing it and they just want to buy it they treat it like mm-hmm. any other article of clothing that they're influenced by but for other people they're just like I don't know, like this is like uh this is something new in streetwear, which I don't know if it really was, but this is something that I think is different and I'm gonna go about it in that um in that way. But um so okay, so let me do this then. I'm gonna bring up three different brands and let's see mm-hmm. if we can all dictate or even agree that the their brand message is something that like it, it, let's see if we're all in agreement that that's the the brand message for that particular brand. Okay. So obviously we talked about anti-social social club, but what about mm-hmm. a brand like Supreme? Like that's an easy one. What could we agree on? Like that is, oh, that is their, um, the persona, let's say persona. Cause they're, they're damn near like people. So what is Supreme's persona when it comes to how they operate as a brand? Wow. I mean, they def- they're they one of the people that definitely started off as substance and mm. then completely lost it. And now it's just a hype. Mm. I don't feel like they don't talk about what they used to talk about when they first started off as a brand. I liked all of their like political, um, just like, I like, for some reason, I just like clothes that have messages on it. Like, I really like when, like, it's just a, a shirt that just has big words on it because mm-hmm. it says something. You know what I mean? It, it feels like a billboard to most people, but I personally like it. And that's what Supreme was doing fairly early on. Like mm-hmm. my favorite shirt that they they did that was one that, I mean, I, I wasn't like a consumer at the time, but I remember seeing it when I was starting to buy them. It said, um, it said cost fucked Madonna. Have you ever seen that shirt? Yeah. I, think I probably have, yeah. <laughs> and the whole time I was like, well, I don't even know what that means. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. But the way that it looks, it just, it felt different, right? Like, it's not mm-hmm. a graphic. It's just them talking about some inside joke about some mm-hmm. artist that made the graphic. Like, that's all it is. And there's something about that that makes it like, they don't care about who understands this reference. Mm-hmm. They just care that it says something. And, and I like when brands say something. But I feel like they don't do that anymore. Oh, like, they don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, I was like, speaking that, that's, Yeah. Like they started off like that and now they just don't do it anymore. And it's just a hype. And now it's like they just put out shit to like make money. I think the energy that they have is still there. Like I think that with the the resurgence of having their uh, their skate team that influences more people than... Like they they mm-hmm. influence people that don't even skate to buy their shit, mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. they they still have that youthful, energetic like 
kind of grimy like if you saw them on the street you probably wouldn't want to shake hands with them like yeah. kind of like a mean-spirited move like the kids movie basically like that mm-hmm. that energy is still there and mm-hmm. even in a day like now when it's like 30 plus years later and cell phones and technology and all that shit and you can still evoke that same type of energy like that's that's pretty good I feel like they should talk about that more than like the shit that I see is like it's just a bunch of hype beasts buying it. I don't see any of that stuff anymore. Maybe it's just the our um our location. Like we I see it like just being around it more. Um and I don't think a lot of people get to experience it. I mean middle of the country people that don't have a Supreme store, like it's yeah. not something that mm-hmm. they see. They just see whatever Emily Oberg was talking about on complex in line you know Mm -hmm. what I mean but when they like what they show like whether it's like the the skate videos or the premieres and stuff like those people they live supreme like it it isn't just like a a sponsorship to them like they they live that shit so they look Mm -hmm. like it and that's like like it's a lifestyle exactly exactly and I think that's Mm -hmm. what people gravitate towards in wanting to continue to purchase it today aside from how much it resells for there's still those people that are like holy shit like they look so cool mm-hmm. wearing that like that's what i want to aspire to be and that's mm-hmm. wearing supreme could essentially get me there mm-hmm. so i think that brand it, it is doing fairly well what about a brand like i guess what persona do they have? what about, what about like a brand like kith what kind of persona or like energy do they put off uh, I think they're very focused on that whole sort of, oh, it's like a very New York brand, if oh, that makes for sense. Sure. Yeah, it's it, so New York. Yeah, it pulls references from, you know, different things like, of course, New York sneaker culture, you know, uh, New York streetwear culture, mm-hmm. sports culture, like even like Upper East Side new york like sort of preppier like Mm -hmm. i don't know rich white folk culture um ones who can afford it yeah (laughs) yeah right but i think uh it sort of embodies it tries to be a brand i think that embraces you know pop culture references like their ongoing collaboration with Mm coca-cola and Mm -hmm. collaborating with you know uh, was it Ralph Lauren or was it Tommy Hilfiger? Or was it both? I think it was Tommy Hilfiger. I think it was Tommy, yeah. Tommy Hilfiger? Yeah. yeah. You know, it just sort of tries to insert itself in sort of the bloodline of American pop culture. And I think that's sort of the space that they operate in. You know what yeah. they're trying to, you know what they're trying to do by attaching themselves to those types of brands? It's, it's, they want to have legacy. They want to be the similar to those types of brands in terms of they want to be here for a very very long time like i mm-hmm. i would say that they collaborate with some brands that are just kind of like run of the mill whatever but for the most part the way they conduct themselves is in a way where they want to be the next Saks fifth avenue maybe without the whole like shutting down type shit but essentially they would like to be around for a very long time and run their stores the same way that you know boutiques like Colette did you know because that's how they operate right it's Mm -hmm. here's a majority of our stuff and then the rest is 
you know, outside. They're very boutique already. Like they're very streetwear boutique. Like if you walk into one of their stores, like it literally is like one piece of clothing, like super boutique type of thing. There was a moment where they were hot. You remember when the, when the joggers were fire, like that's when, Mm -hmm. that's when that whole wave had gone on. And I think, and, and this is a good example of, of a brand that really got popular from, from that particular trend like the mm-hmm. like the jogger like utility pant like wave oh, or whatever. Oh, for sure, yeah. But then somehow took advantage of all of the eyes that were currently on them and they were able to eventually pivot from that. Yeah. Cuz I don't know people to buy like I know people buy more of their collaborations more than they do with like their like their, their general clothes, clothes yeah. nowadays. I think that's mm-hmm. yeah, I think they're an interesting case because you know starting out as a sneaker store and moving into doing your own in-house clothing line with collaborations like Tommy Hilfiger and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Columbia and Nike and whatever you name it. I think that's, mm-hmm. they're an interesting case because you don't really see that with a lot of other uh, stores that started out just as a sneaker boutique. You know, I think that's, you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting idea that, you don't really see too very often mm-hmm. and Agreed. like being that successful as they are. Now. Right. Right. And of mm-hmm. course, like, like you said, their in-house line is definitely not as popular as their collaborations or maybe the other brands that they're selling in their stores. Um, so I think it's a little bit different because they're not solely a clothing brand. Like they, you know, that they have, they have multiple, there are multiple brand store, like a boutique, so mm-hmm. I think success for them is maybe measured in a different way than it is Got it. like other brands, like let's say like a Supreme. I mean, they, I mean, Supreme does sell other brands in their store, but mm-hmm. I think for them, when you see Supreme, you don't think like, uh, what other brands do they sell there? I don't even know. Like fucking there awesome. Yeah. Like, like fucking awesome. Like yeah. S- skate streetwear brands. Yeah, like when you go into a Supreme store, yeah, I can totally the first thing you're not you're going with, you're not going for like fucking awesome t shirts. I mean, maybe you are, but nine times out of ten I mean, you're they probably even not. Have an um, so I think maybe the store. metric for <laughs> like, like for example, those two brands is a little bit different because they're like their concept is a little bit different. No, I I think you guys, I think everyone's making good points and kind of how we we view like the, these particular brands because they they all resonate with us in, in relatively the same way in, in, in how they operate. Like it's very much understood that a brand like, like Kith, if you're going to be a multifaceted brand with, you know, footwear and, and accessories and books and all that stuff, the, your objective is essentially to model after other places like yourself that are just as successful. That's why I mentioned like places like Saks Fifth Avenue, the Bergdorf Goodman. I think that's how you pronounce it. Shit like that. Mm-hmm. That's the, what they want to model themselves. Like, that's what they see yeah. success as. I, and I'm sure Supreme, I don't think they give a shit if something sells out. I think the, the success for them is, or what, what they're deeply rooted in, in, in regards to their foundation, if you want to call it a mission statement is we want to do things the way that, we want to do things and not have to yeah. abide by yeah. what anybody else thinks is cool or what is proper shit like that. So when we talk about 
the foundation of what your brand is deeply rooted in, I think it is important to to really think about, okay, what am I doing this for? Like, what is the message that I want to convey? And then you kind of curate your, I guess, your, your vision for how you execute shit, what your product is, like, what are you going to sell? What are you going to offer based off of what is it that I think is necessary to bring to the table? Um, so I guess that brings us to our next question is, does a logo even matter nowadays? A good logo, a bad logo, does it even make a difference? Uh, I think so. I think, you know, if that logo is literally the face of your brand, then yeah, like, I think it should be good. Um, but I think it also depends on what sort of audience you're trying to capture you know if mm. uh you see a lot of brands doing just a lot of logo driven shit because people want to be recognized as a fan of that brand you, you know? gotta leave verdi alone man mm. you yeah. gotta <laughs> leave verdi alone like your subtle jabs are not get, they're not flying across verdi's no. about to pull up with nigo and they're about to <laughs> oh my God. I'm jumping them with I'm jumping you with them. Wait, no, I'm jumping them. I'm jumping you. I'm jumping you. Right. I'm jumping you. I can't even no. speak Japanese, but we're gonna jump the hell out of you. No, but I think, you know, it really depends. Like there are brands that sometimes don't even do logos on the majority of their collection but they still do it really successfully you know yeah. you know shout out to noah like they put out mm -hmm. really great pieces and they don't necessarily have to have their logo on it to be you know as a mark of their like success or to gain that sort of recognition because their focus is providing like quality clothing and being transparent it's not necessarily like hey you wear noah tight you're like you're in you know yeah um so i think it depends i mean of course as a brand you want to cater to you want to try to cater to everybody because that's how you become successful financially but i think this sort of logo mania in the past couple of years is just it's it's, it's getting out of hand to the point where mm. everything's almost watered down now you know yeah well you were saying something earlier uh priscilla about that brand that i can't pronounce yeah the word jound is that how you pronounce jound go ahead nay you're from europe right <laughs> go yeah. ahead and say it <laughs> you know what i'm talking about jound, jound. Yeah. yeah so jound. like he doesn't he doesn't put his name on anything you don't see his name on anything except for like the tag and that's it but you don't see that like on the outside and like people still buy his stuff I don't know if it's because of like quality. I've never felt any of his stuff before. I don't own anything by him. But like I like what he does. Like it's very simple. It's very minimal. Like it's just like a basic t-shirt that I would wear with like a pair of jeans. But like he doesn't slap his name on something and people buy it for that. So do you think that we're more interested in in like the entire encompassing of a brand rather than just the logo? Like if if we were to look at a brand like Noah, we'll use Noah as an example, mm -hmm. and they didn't have a logo, they didn't have any sort of iconography that related to the brand at all, right? But mm -hmm. they put out the pieces that they put out. Would we still buy them? Okay, I feel like, in my personal opinion, I feel like people would. Really? Uh, yeah, like if I, so if 
I'm imagining if I saw like two people in front of me, one person wearing Noah, let's say the other person is wearing Supreme. Mm -hmm. I feel like the person wearing Noah definitely cares more about what that brand is doing for the environment and what or what they're trying to do versus I think the person that's wearing Supreme, they bought it because it's the name. I think but nothing else that it stands this for. is like the Maybe one episode of a uh, sneaker shopping with bella hadid where she's like <laughs> if he's if he pulls up with these on no, it's no, no, quiet you, let priscilla <laughs> say it not you bro. go ahead priscilla <laughs> no 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 i know exactly Jeez. what you mean but like that's just how i feel that's that's the way that i look at it no i think i think that's a good point um personally though like i don't i don't know like i i don't know like they make a lot of great cut and sew, right? But mm-hmm. one of the reasons why cut and sews also is, is often a, a deterrent for a lot of people is because there's no branding on it, and and uh, mm-hmm. that is that's why some people's cut and sew tends to suffer. I mean, it, everyone has good quality shit, you know what I mean? Like a heavyweight cotton fleece hoodie is um relatively similar across the board since everyone uses like the same manufacturer but one sells out more than the other and it always has to do with what brand is on that hoodie and it's crazy that you say that because so many japanese designers or streetwear even just streetwear do so much more cut and sew like japanese streetwear Mm -hmm. they care more about structure good point and quality versus putting a name on their shirt or their jeans or something like like we'll take capital for example mm. like capital's been around for hella long like i have like i have a cap i have a capital jacket flex. nowhere <laughs> no, flex no, well like listen what like nowhere fuck? on the jacket says capital at all it literally is just mm. a wool jacket that's really good quality that keeps me really warm but like you would never be able to tell that was capital right bro, until quit, bro. you took it off I and i saw and you saw the label like just like that for example like there's so many like japanese brands that like they don't care about their name they don't care about the lab- the the logo they are more into like structure and cut and sew and like the quality of that i feel so deflated right now <laughs> hey bro I'm like sorry, i'm throwing guys. away my ho- i'm selling all my shit tomorrow <laughs> no. i'm selling all my pieces just to get one capital jacket <laughs> I'm hot. Oh my gosh. But like that that's just an example, you know, like th- that's just one Japanese streetwear brand that like you wouldn't be able to tell if it was by them and unless you read unless I took off my jacket and you saw the tag. It's true. You're probably just like <laughs> wherever you are, you're just like flipping your jacket on and off. No, so people can definitely see the not. Definitely like you don't even not. wear it, you just carry it in your hand, <laughs> like with the tag no. facing you. Carry it from the hang tag. <laughs> Like literally, I'll wear this jacket around you guys. Watch. I'll whenever we meet up again, I will wear this jacket around you. You guys will never be able to tell it was by them, by Capital, because it literally just looks like a plain wool jacket, and that's it. I'm just like, yo, that's tight. Capital. You cop it at Goodwill or what? <laughs> <laughs> oh so you're just gonna diss I, no, the jacket? That's how we win. Like literally, that's what it is. Yeah, I think that's a good point, and and I think sort of kind of what we're getting to is that, I mean. 
obviously it really depends on the industry that you're going to create a brand within and if we're specifically sticking within the area of like clothing i guess we can be 50 50 on whether or not you actually need or to spend time on an actual logo because i think that's what gets people caught up the most initially when it comes to starting something is like how do i brand myself and mm-hmm. is it cool enough? And you got to think about some of the logos that are out there that are making millions of dollars in terms of the products that they sell, whose logos are probably the first edit that they've ever like tried yeah. to make a, a logo. Like you'd be really surprised on what's out there. Mm-hmm. And so moving on from that, if we were go- to go on to the next step, so say you have your foundation, Um, You kind of figure out what you want to be grounded in. You have a logo or even a name. I mean, the the two of them kind of go one and the same. And then I think it just comes down to what you're going to offer. Do you guys still think that t-shirts are are an important first step when it comes to creating a brand? Or do you think you could start elsewhere? I think so. I think, I mean, one for one, t-shirts are sort of the most accessible, um, entry-level piece to get into if you're a brand but mm-hmm. um i don't know i think it's it's something where you can really solidify like who you are as a brand in the most like simple cost-effective way i think if you, you're a brand mm-hmm. and you try to go directly into cut and sew you have a higher percentage of maybe not doing so well so i think streetwear mm-hmm. or sorry t-shirts have a or an easier first like step into getting into that um, sort of industry. Yeah, I agree. I definitely you hit it when it was like it's definitely more cost effective for for brands to start off with a t-shirt. And that's where most people else. start. Like, I think we can agree that that's where a majority of the people that want to start brands start. Um, but there are uh, uh, some some exceptions, right? Like. Shit, there's people that get straight into like making shoes. Like yeah, that is their first endeavor in the industry. And mm-hmm. oftentimes those are the ones that I mean, the the rare ones that do make it, like, congrats. But it it is like like Nate said, like it's a it's a huge risk when you decide to invest a lot of money into something that might be your first time doing it or even it like, could be your last <laughs> it could potentially be your last exactly yeah. exactly and, and there are a lot of brands that have become successful off of starting off with a sticker or a t-shirt right like mm-hmm. i would say almost i mean if we're looking at like the ones that really popped out in the golden era of streetwear it all really started with just a t-shirt mm-hmm. most of them stickers also Um, but what do you think is if we were to follow, let's say you figured out your product, what you want to sell, I think for the most part, if, if you're in this industry and you want to start a brand, you already have the product in mind. That's what most people should typically start with. Like you can just be (laughs) like, I want to make this graphic on a t-shirt and Mm -hmm. next is what comes like, it's like getting a tattoo and then like in order to, uh, to have other people understand why you got that stupid ass tattoo you you then create a story based around it instead of like oh i'm gonna go get get a tattoo because i i feel like this and i want this story to be told but it's kind of like the aftermath so what do you think 
after all of that is said and done, you have your product, you have your name, what do you think is the next step as a brand? Mm-hmm. Think like finding a community or those people out there that I was just gonna say that mm-hmm. too. Yeah. yeah. That mm-hmm. you know, you're either trying to, you know, get to consume your stuff or maybe that you want to connect with. I think it's about finding that group of people. Um I think maybe that should be even the first step before you do any of that. Um, like, is there people who are going to fuck with your Right, brand? right. But yes I think, no. you know, once you have, you know, sort of the logistics put together, it's about trying to connect with those people mm. um, after you identify who those people are. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's something that maybe brands don't really think of a lot I mean, when first starting out, I think people are so focused on like the logistics and getting mm-hmm. uh, things from point A to point B without yeah. even really putting any thought into like who who am I even trying to speak to, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that you know that goes for streetwear, but that also goes for you know almost any other industry too. So I think that's an important step to sort of factor in. You think the same way that people have to move to like, in order to become a movie star, I have to move to LA or in order to, you know, be the best college athlete, I have to go to the best college. Like, do you think that locale is a huge indicator on whether or not you're going to be successful as a streetwear brand? Like, do you have to be in New York? Do you have to be in LA? It probably plays a huge factor in it. I don't think it's the ultimate like you have to but it probably plays a huge factor because the people who start brands in those cities know people Mm. who probably are in those cities and already started something yeah so it's like they have that connection already versus someone who's like living in the middle of the country like they don't have that connection with anybody so where are they going to take their first step? You know, that's true. Where are they going to ask for help? Where like, are they going to get advice consumer from? Consumer is is so easy nowadays, right? Like, I think when we when we had put up the first shirt to sell, I I literally I made fifteen because the first shirt that we ever really sold, and Nate knows this, we had to we had to ask people to buy them like it wasn't like uh, people asking to buy them we had to ask Mm -hmm. them hey do you want this shirt eventually just giving them away for free Mm -hmm. so it really is trying to understand like well who is who's actually gonna buy this shit and eventually putting a face to the name being outside and making ourselves known eventually the selling 15 shirts turned into being able to sell like 40 shirts and it was like it wasn't something that i understood initially because when we did the when we did the first one nate like did we know did we know what we were doing (laughs) no not at all (laughs) i think if we try to make a like another shirt right now we probably wouldn't even know what we're doing yeah so for anybody that that does remember the the first shirt that we ever advertised i don't even think we took pictures with them on or anything but it was just a shirt that we wanted to to make to commemorate our first ever event and so we thought that the location that we had and the amount of people that were going to come was going to be a perfect environment to do kind of like a a merch booth essentially Mm. But one of the biggest things that I didn't understand after a while was if I'm coming to an event, if I'm coming to a party, if I'm coming to get drunk, I don't want to carry shit. And so Mm. 
I don't have any purpose in buying your shirt because what the hell am I going to do with it? I already mm-hmm. have a shirt on. Uh, you guys don't do like a layaway system and you're not going to just like store my stuff for me. So it took like that kind of understanding to realize like, okay, like maybe the timing and the situation like isn't really fitting for something like this. Yeah. But I think when we moved on to the second one and it was a little bit more true to self and like people were kind of asking for it, that's when it felt a little bit more genuine in the reaction rather than kind of like make, well, I mean, making something and, and, and just shoving it down people's throats is one way to do it. But I think (laughs) when also when there's a demand for your product, that's how you can, it's almost like a surefire way to ensure like a tad bit of success. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, yeah, I agree 100% wholeheartedly, 100%. I heard everything that you just said. <laughs> I heard it, I listened, I understood it. <laughs> like, I'm gonna be honest, everyone, it is like midnight and I, I mean- Again, we're doing this at midnight, you guys. It, it just tends to happen. We get caught up in our typical conversations with each other. But okay, let's, let's, try, to, let's try to wrangle it back in and try to recap <laughs> it so we could end this fucking episode. <laughs> We talked about the foundation. Why, what are you even doing this for? What message do you have to portray? You're talking about branding. We're talking about logos. How do you want to be portrayed to the people that you're trying to sell a product to? Invest in, in the community. Be around people that are just as creative as you. Find other people that are doing just as cool things, if not better. That's how they're, I mean, that's how you'll get better, mm-hmm. essentially. Um and then I I really think it's just timing, like mm-hmm. find find out where the people like find out who your audience is. Spend a lot of time not investigating, but researching who they are, how you're going to sell to them, where are they at. I feel like the the story is told a, a hundred times more, but um, there's a lot of people that are still trying. You know what I mean? It's a it's a lot of trial and error, and and things are always going to change. Like. What we were in, what was it? When did we start this, Nate? 2018, 2017? Uh, 2018, maybe? Like two What we years were ago? in 2018 is way different than what we are in this current year. So mm-hmm. there's uh, a lot to adapt to. And I think that if you are a student of the game and you, if we're talking about the, the world of creating a brand within streetwear, then you're constantly trying to understand like where the trajectory of things are going and trying to find out what's next and how to be there first or how to master in what you know and what you're good at. So, um, yeah, I think that's a cap on that, but you know, you know what, you know how I really (laughs) want to end this episode, which I think is something that doesn't really happen often is we have fan questions that I want to read off. If that's cool. We have fan questions. This is new to me. I know this one, the rhyme just sprung this on me and Nate. Like what? Well, that's, that's the point. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to, I'm going to read them off. This is how we're going to end the episode is, is it's too late for this shit to, to continue to, to fucking rant about other stuff but let me let me read this off to you guys real quick all right this is the first question um the question goes okay here you go what's your guys's outlook slash opinions about brands doing pre-orders especially smaller brands this is actually a good question to relate to starting a a brand because you know 
that's also a new trend that people aren't mm-hmm. making the shit first, but waiting to see what the demand is. So this mm-hmm. is actually a good follow-up question. So how do you guys feel about pre-orders? Wait, are you sure you just didn't make these up and then you're no, just going to make these refunds? <laughs> I will say it right now. Shout out to DFKT Clothing. They reached out uh, a couple days ago. It's like Ryan's me. burner huh. account on Instagram. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Shout out to them. But go ahead. Do I don't mind think? doing a pre-order, honestly, because I feel like it, it's just, it's like, it goes back into just being more cost effective, like being more efficient with where your money's going and not wasting it. Like I'm down to wait for something to drop if they want to figure out how many people are going to buy it mm. as long as I'm getting mine. True. It's, it's almost <laughs> like, um, what do you call it? Um, what do you call those things that you like invest money into to finish their project? Like a GoFundMe or like a yeah, like a go- um, yeah what's the other one called? It jumps. To, I don't know. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I know. What ghost, you're about. ghost. Go- I was gonna say GoDaddy. That's like a website <laughs> host. <laughs> but yeah, you you know what I'm trying to say. And, and 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 there's two sides of this coin that I that I have um pretty opinionated on. But I think it's good as a person that that um that oftentimes releases stuff through the through the podcast is that. It definitely saves you some money because the last thing you want is any sort of overhead of any product. You want to get mm-hmm. rid of everything. That is the goal. You are not selling mm-hmm. your shit at like 50% less just because you, you need the money or, or whatever. Like you want to be able to get rid of everything. So I find that if you do a pre-order and you hold it open for a certain amount of time, build hype and awareness around it and then close it and then never release it again, then you know, then you know exactly how much to make and how much you're going to sell. And eventually, essentially, mm-hmm. you can pre- forecast how much money you're going to make, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but the opposite side of that is, in my honest opinion, also, and I, was, I felt a little bit insecure about it when I thought about doing it, is that it often comes off as lazy or that you hmm. don't have actual faith in the ability to push your own product because now you're so focused on ensuring that people are going to buy your product rather than making it because you want to make it and and because you care about it but rather you're you're just hoping that you don't lose money on it because so there's two sides of the coin i guess if you look at it as a creative making it or like as a business person trying to sell it yeah i was just about to say one's like definitely more psychological one's being Mm -hmm. more logistic yeah yeah and that's just me what do you think nate uh, I think I'm, I'm sort of on the fence. I'm 50, 50 like you. I think that if I really, really gravitate towards it and I really want it, then sure, I will do it. But I think like we always talked about in other episodes, there are just too many options out there. And I think mm. a lot of, a lot of the times people, myself included, like, I don't want to have to wait like three, four weeks for a product That's when... I can maybe find an alternative that'll make it to me within the week, you know? It's got to be a pretty uh, special project, uh, product if yeah. I'm going to have to wait, you know? I think doing it, like, for your first, if it's, like, your first ever drop, that's totally fine to do it for. Mm. And then, because then you can get a rough idea of how many people will probably buy your next one and True. so forth. But doing it every single time, like, that's when it's going to be, like, no, nah, I'm wait, not going to do on. this anymore. Let me just go off on my boy Neek one more time before the episode ends. Let me just, I'm not, I, I can't defend you from him. Like, <laughs> we're taking I mean, a trip down to LA soon. Like, I can't defend you. <laughs> I mean, like, with a brand, I mean, 
antisocial social are they do they even still they still do collections yeah i mean like they're still doing pre-orders like how many years in i don't know if they're doing pre-orders though i think they i think they've if they're still doing pre-orders and that's sad oh really but okay but i mean for the longest time they were doing pre-orders right yeah it was taking them for it was taking them like months to ship out their orders yes i think that's like in that case like that's a bad look like if you know people are gonna buy your shit already based on however many like drops you did in the past like but you know what you want to know why they're so that particular one is so special well not special but so disgusting is that they would post like 40 50 piece collections and pre-order that shit that's a lot of stuff yeah like i mean i understand that it's just a different colored t-shirt with a different color print on it but still like typically for like really like like highly anticipated collections maybe about two or three things are pre-ordered or maybe it's like a small Mm -hmm. capsule or something but to 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 show off an entire preview of like 30 to 40 colorways and then do pre-orders for that that's insane i'm sorry that's crazy yeah see you like i would be annoyed of something like that to do something yeah. like that to be honest you, you ever buy anything from them priscilla no i don't own anything hmm. okay yeah all right okay next question last question actually <laughs> sorry shout out to uh shout out to uh dfkt clothing for this one as well i don't know why you sent two but i, I love it Just keep going please send more <laughs> everyone going, send more going. questions um but this is also pretty related to the conversation we had earlier which i think is um it's a good episode to answer these how big of a role do you think the meaning slash story behind a design or product has and how much does that meaning or story impact your decision to purchase Story important, guys, when it comes to buying a particular product. I mean, we both, we all worked at Nike, so we understand the relevance of story attached to product. But do we mm-hmm. seek that when we buy product, our well, personal product? I mean, P, you just bought a $5,000 jacket. What, oh what's, the, what's, the, what's the amazing story behind that jacket? <laughs> I've had the jacket for years now. Okay. So. Okay. That's um, another flex, but all right. <laughs> I was in before capital was even a thing. All right, go ahead. Oh my God. (laughs) I think story is huge. At least in my personal opinion, I think story is huge. I'd much rather buy from a brand who, like, I can read their about section and it, like, means something to me, like, that I can, like, relate to it versus, like, just buying some t shirt or something that it's Mm -hmm. just, like, they put their name on it. I'd much rather feel like I can relate to that brand than not. Good point. Nate? Yes. Okay, so... Oh, here we go again. I mean, like... I Okay. <laughs> no, go back to the last thing that you purchased. True. And what is, what is the, the reasoning on why you purchased it? Other than I just needed a pair of black pants. Uh, oh, man, you got... I'm caught. Guilty. There has to be something that goes through your mind when you're purchasing... Okay, let's... We're not talking about thrifted shit. We're talking about okay. you go into a store and purposely buy something okay what mm-hmm. is what is the thing the the catalyst that that per, that pushes you to buy that thing i don't even remember the last thing i bought that was in a store to be quite I'm honest bro it's your time to flex for. just name some name something <laughs> random you can lie okay ryan you got to put in those that money all right thing, so <laughs> I, I bought these uh i bought these doc martens 
the en- oh, engineered go. garments collaboration okay that i've been looking for forever so obviously i didn't buy them new because they've been out for two years but that's fine um i finally found them in my size and i just I had to pull the trigger um, is it because of engineered garment the engineered garment aspect of it uh, I think that has to do... Okay, fine. You outed me. I'm a fucking brand whore. Whatever. <laughs> uh, no, that's that's a, that's real, though. Like, Yeah. No, I mean, okay. Yeah, that's part of it. But I, I think like it's... I like it. <laughs> but it's Ryan's like, like, keep going. It's the, it's the construction and, like, the unique aspect of the shoe. Like, the ones that I wore the other day when we met up with our, uh, you know... Our friend. Our friend. Um... <laughs> you know, it's just something different that I hadn't seen before. So I think that's what drew me in. I'm always looking for something unique or like something that's maybe maybe a brand doesn't do very often, mm. um, like a one-off. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of what drew me towards those. Um, I think that also speaks to like good collaborations also, because I think, I, I mean, this is what every well-known brand designer talks about is a good collaboration is the combination of each brand story into one collective piece um and it kind of takes on both sides equally well so when you talk about a collaboration like them like obviously doc martin can create that same thing but there's there's that extra added spice to it that makes you like okay like i I can see why like I vibe with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I vibe with this more than if it was like a collaboration with like, I mean, think about it. That shoe could have the, the way that those shoes look, they could have been collaborated with, I don't know, Dockers or, mm-hmm. you know, any old boot company. I don't know. But, but yeah, I think, I think it's important to have a story, a, a backstory, um, even just a concept. It doesn't have to be a full story. Like why did you decide to, put this graphic on this t-shirt or even yeah. release this military inspired collection like tell the story um make it genuine and i think people will be into it if if it's uh if it's not fake that's all just mm-hmm. don't be fake that's don't the that's fake. the premise of i think that was like or i think that was our mantra for episode one really right or like Ooh. one of the very first episodes we were just someone's like, gonna have to go back here. and listen to that and let us know if, if that was what we said because i think that's how that, that's how you know i'm copping out on this episode because that was the same thing that i said in the first episode too oh my goodness oh my god well on that note that's how we're going to end today's episode we are sorry that it's late and we promise that it might happen once or twice more oh um, my gosh. <laughs> no promises though it could happen more than that but to be honest we appreciate your guys' listens and um where do Oh, let's promote ourselves. Go follow us at No Chance Radio on all social platforms and tell your friends to listen to us, man. Word of mouth is important. That's why we're talking. And Even just come say hi to us. No, don't say that. That means they're going to stalk us. They're going to find us. They're going to. Well, act- like they can say hi to us on like Instagram or something. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. And, um, yeah. You want to drop your, your at? Nah, y'all can find me on No Chance. Exactly. That's what I thought. (laughs) And on that note, we will catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace.